an intelligent person does not take part in the sources of misery which are due to contact with the material senses. O son of Kunti, such pleasures have a beginning and an end, and so the wise man does not delight in them. Apart, material sense pleasures are due to the contact of the material senses, which are all temporary because the body itself is temporary. A liberated soul is not interested in enjoying, is not interested in anything which is temporary. Knowing well the joys of transcendental pleasures, how can a liberated soul agree to enjoy false pleasure? In the Padma Purana it is said, Ramante yogino anante satyananda chidanami iti rama padenaso param brahma The mystics derive unlimited transcendental pleasures from the Absolute Truth, and therefore the Supreme Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead, is also known as Ram, Rama. In the Srimad Bhagavatam also it is said, Nayam deho deya bhajam vidoki, kashtam kama narhate vidibhujam ye. The Bhagavad Yam Putrika Yena Satvam, Shudhyat Yasmad, Brahmasokhyam Tonantam. My dear sons, there is no reason to labor very hard for sense pleasure while in this human form of life. Such pleasures are available to the stool eaters, hogs. Rather, you should undergo penances in this life by which your existence will be purified and as a result you will be able to enjoy unlimited transcendental bliss. Therefore, those who are true yogis or learned transcendentalists are not attracted by sense pleasures which are the causes of continuous material existence. The more one is addicted to material pleasures, the more he is entrapped by material miseries. What is stated here by Lord Krishna appears to go against everything we learn since childhood. How do we learn? Not only in the school, but we learn from everything around us. We imbibe behavior from the culture we live in. Hare Krishna. Hare This reminds me of Russia. In Russia, they bring so many flowers. One thing that in the whole country is miserable, but one nice thing, they have lots of nice flowers in the summer. So they like to bring many flowers. So this uh, verse, it uh, explains something which seems to be against everything we've learned. We learn from the culture we live in, the educational system we live in. Traditionally, Indian culture was meant for Adhyantikam Dukkhanavritti, to stop misery. Misery, particularly the misery of repeated birth and death. Now the whole world is more or less controlled by Western culture. Culture is reflected in the way people act, think, speak, dress, 
Sadie, mostly in terms of dress, at least for men, uh, completely part of Western culture. And the women also going that way. And to have mini skirts, different hairstyles, or sense gratification. That is the idea of the demoniac culture. And we should enjoy sensing. Till the time of death, let us enjoy. But actually, what happens is when you try to enjoy the material senses, what happens? You don't enjoy. It is the biggest myth in the whole world that you will be happy by enjoying your senses. What does enjoy the senses mean? There's tongue, belly, genitals, eyes, ears, nose. So the basic idea is let us enjoy. The tongue is to be enjoyed. So there's so many things to enjoy. People like to eat crabs, lobsters, frogs, or even vegetarian food taken simply for sense gratification. That is also sinful. It's not simply that by being a vegetarian you are not sinful. You're also sinful if you don't offer your food to Krishna and then take prasada. That's also sinful. Not as simple as being beefy. It's also sinful. Because the, the aim and object is sense gratification, how to enjoy the tongue. And then the belly, to pack it as full as possible. And when the tongue and the belly are satisfied, then the next in line, genital, also wants to be satisfied. And practically, the whole modern civilization is running on the principle of satisfying the genital. But it doesn't bring happiness. This is the great myth. We think we will be happy by enjoying our senses, but no one's happy. We think we will be happy by coming to Dubai. I'll be more happy than in India because I'll earn more money. But it's it's a great myth that you will simply enjoy. Why the idea is you have more money, you'll have more facilities to enjoy the senses. But it doesn't bring happiness. Happiness is something different. This is the great mistake of modern society to think that happiness is something produced from the interaction of the senses with the sense objects. But actually, happiness is something different from that. It's just like touching some tasty object with the tongue, or seeing something you'd like to see, or titillating the senses by going to a movie, or drinking something, or eating something. It's a sensation. There's some sensation. When you go to some movie, and you're watching some car chase, or someone shooting someone else, Ridiculous movies, and I get to see from being on the plane. Not that I particularly watch, but you can't help it when you're sitting in front of a huge screen. Just some ridiculous movie of ten people shooting machine guns at someone, and they come and somehow or other they they avoid all the bullets and then do some karate and kick everyone and destroy them all. I mean, just bizarre, ridiculous things. But somehow people get some some kind of sensation. It's like smoking a cigarette. What is there in the cigarette? It's some poisonous fumes passing over the tongue. But there's some kind of flavor and there's some intoxicant, which you become... A, first of all, you have to, when you learn how to smoke, you have to smoke for some time, you have to vomit and feel horrible. And then after some time, you become addicted to it. And then when you're addicted to it, you get some craving for it. And then when you smoke, you feel, oh, that's very nice. 
I wanted it, now I got it. In other words, it's completely artificial. You create a need, and then you smoke the cigarette and think, oh, that's right. There's no need for it. It doesn't actually satisfy the soul, but there's a feeling, now I'm satisfied. So like that, modern civilization means constantly trying to titillate and say, you know what titillate means? It means to give some, some little, give some sensation all the time to the senses. That's why we're always smoking something for the tongue and drink a cup of coffee. Now chewing gum or pan means always there should be something on the tongue. Not a moment should go past without my having something, some different kind of flavor passing over my tongue. This is the idea. The sense gratification. But the, the, what happens is it doesn't bring happiness. It actually brings distress. The more you engage in sense gratification, the more distressed you become. Because the sense gratification actually produces stress. In modern civilization, there's so much stress. So many cases of people suffering from stress, isn't it? Stress means distress. But uh, previously it wasn't like that, because modern life means work hard day and night, make more money, or at least, you know, so many people are working so hard all day and practically most of the night, and what they get for it is just enough money to have a place to live in, some food to eat, so they can go back to work. And what are you living for? Your whole life is simply working to get enough money to eat and sleep so that you can work. And what is the purpose of your life? People don't stop to think. Thinking is too painful. Actually, that's a fact. Many people, they don't discuss these things with them. They don't like, ah, oh, I don't do this. They, actually, they know inside that, this, that their whole life is spoiled and useless. They don't want to discuss it at all. They know it's observed the whole way of life. So Krishna is giving very good advice. That the whole aim of your life, if it's simply to enjoy the senses, it's a wasted life. Spoil life. You go through your whole life trying to enjoy. You don't enjoy anyway. And then at the end, what do you get? Simply... Uh, Enter another body, Punarapi Janana, Punarapi Narana, again and again, living, dying. But modern life especially means people are working so hard, they don't have time to think, and even if you do get time to think, people are so addicted to filling it up, quick, turn the TV on, quick, don't think about anything. Turn the TV on, quick, and watch some, someone jumping out of the way of 200 bullets coming at them simultaneously. Very musty thing, just coming on the plane, it's a horrible thing to show. The whole families are there on the plane, very musty things they show, it's a normal thing on TV, very degraded, what they're showing. But uh, that's it, TV, you, you turn it on, you watch, and there's so many things to watch. Even the so-called, people say, I'm watching the news, or there's some very intelligent program, very good. You can watch this Discovery Channel and it tells you all about nature. But it's also Maya. Even if you watch how the different animals are building their, their nests and swimming in the river or whatever Discovery Channel shows you, that's animals channel. Discovery Channel shows you the Eskimos and shows you the Eskimos and the uh, 
people in different countries, what they're doing. Actually, there's going to be nothing left of Discovery Channel because in a few years, everyone's going to be living in apartment buildings and wearing suits and pants and going to speak in English. And it's all, it's all stereotyped everywhere. So you think it's very good to watch it. But it's also Maya because it doesn't tell you all the purpose of life. You can learn how the Eskimos are building their igloos and get, getting fish, cutting the ice and taking the fish out. So very wonderful. You can learn about Eskimos. But it's not going to help you very much in the time of death. Even in the lifetime, it's not going to help you much. If you have to live in Dubai, it doesn't really help you much now down the Eskimos. <laughs> You don't have to build an igloo here, that's for sure. <laughs> so it's simply another diversion. People think, well, it's more civilized and more cultured. It's something you can learn. It's better than watching Tom and Jerry. So probably it is. But it doesn't tell you what the meaning of life is. People don't even want to think. They simply think, let us enjoy in a different way. Even this so-called intellectual life. Sure enough, people are doing that, but that's also some kind of sense enjoyment, mental enjoyment. Let me become learned, a big scholar, write some doctoral thesis, enjoy the prestige of being a degree holder. It's all self-centered, sense gratification, but it doesn't bring satisfaction. Actually, uh, often we find that these professors, they Educated people, they're highly respected. In the West, they're not respected because everyone knows the professor means the biggest lecture you watch. The professors enjoy all the college girls and they're all big drunkards. So, someone was just telling me he, uh, there was one professor, Dimmock, maybe you saw, he wrote some introduction to Prabhupada. So, he wrote some book on some. Some, you know, these people, they come to India and they attend some marriage function in Kerala and they write some book about it. They get a doctoral degree. So he was writing something like this. He said, I got the inspiration for this while discussing with someone during a cocktail party. You know, you know what a cocktail party is? You go, you go to the party and you chew. You, it's, you don't get drunk. That's more than It's a sophisticated way of saying getting drunk. Everyone comes together and they sophisticatedly Get drunk. So, Professor Dimov got his idea for writing a book about some aspect of Vedic culture while he was half drunk at a cocktail party. Someone else told me one of our devotees. When Prabhupada's Srimad Bhagavatam was first printed in the West, Prabhupada requested, it was one party of devotees who were going into colleges and selling full sets of Prabhupada's Bhagavatams in all the universities in America. So, you'll find in Almost all the university libraries in America are sets of Prophet's books. So they thought, when they were first going these devotees, they were thinking that, are we going to meet the professors? They're very respectable people. They found very soon, they're, they're not at all actually, it's just they have some veneer or facade of respectability. One of the devotees told me that he knocked on the door of the professors and no reply. And so he said, I'm, I'm, he's definitely in. He went in, there's no other way out, he's definitely in there. So maybe he's avoiding your watch. She said, why don't you just walk in? So he walked in and found out why he wasn't replying. He was on the floor, absolutely drunk, during his office hours. Famous professor of Indology. These are the people who are commenting. In my opinion, Bhagavad Gita means this. So don't take these people very seriously. 
Vedic culture, you have to take seriously, someone is controlling the senses. That's why he said, Goswami. Nowadays, there may be some Goswami in this temple also. It's taken as a family name. You'll find even in, there's some family names in India, Bhairavi. It's the family name. Even Brahmachari. You know that? Some people, their family name is Brahmachari. So Brahmachari can also be married because Brahmachari means Brahmai Charati Iti Brahmachari. One who is on the spiritual platform. So, the Hasta can also be Brahmachari in that sense. But the basic meaning is one who is not interested. One who is intelligent, he is not interested in enjoyment on the animal platform. Basically, sense enjoyment means enjoyment on the animal platform because human beings and animals both eat. Human beings and animals sleep. Human beings and animals have sex and human beings and animals fight. So there's no difference between a human being and an animal if a human being is simply interested in sense enjoyment. Therefore, one who is not interested in sense enjoyment, he is called, who is interested in spiritual life, is called Brahmachari. And Goswami means one who controls the senses. It's not a family name. Sometimes people think that, of course it isn't, by usage it has become a family name, but sometimes people think that, well, our family is good. It's a, it's a caste. Just like you have Baba caste, or you have uh, mystery caste, Potter caste, that's finished now, more or less. They used to make the pots. Now, still, they may be making Ganesh deities, but daily businesses finished for the Potter. Now it's all plastic caste. There are different castes, and there's also guru caste. It's family business. Giving blessings. Give blessings. But actually, Goswami means one who has control of the senses. Vacho Vegam, Manasap, Koda Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udara Pasta Vegam, Etam Vegam, Yoga Shahidi Dhiram. Sadam, who is that? Vishahidi Dhiram. Sadam Pinam, Pitivin, Sashisha, who has control the tongue, Vacho Vegam, the mind, the anger. Tongue, belly, genitals. Such a person is a Goswami who is qualified to make disciples. Disciple means we should teach the disciple how to get free from birth and death. Don't be a guru. Don't be a teacher. Don't be a father, mother. Don't accept respect from anybody. Don't be a leader. Unless you can deliver your descendants from birth and death. It's a very serious responsibility. Now, how to deliver from birth and death? As long as one is attached to sense enjoyment, then you must take birth again in this material world. Because whatever you are attached to, you get that opportunity. That's why, why is someone is becoming a dog or a monkey or a pig? Because they have that inclination. Sometimes people think that, well, in your next life you'll always be a human again. But no, 
you act like a monkey, think like a monkey, then you'll take birth as a monkey. It's very, I mean, it may sound funny, but it's not at all funny. It's serious, it's horrible. But why someone with the human form of life should waste it to take birth as a monkey? Because they have a desire for gross sense gratification, fooling around. Monkey means he's always fooling around. Never serious, whimsical life. Carefree life, no problem. He was a no problem, no problem. Carefree life. Hello, Nanda, Kai, Hari, Pori, Chintahi, Nahi, Bhavi, Ideho, Charya, Konudin, Whatever happens, sometimes I eat nicely, sometimes not. I look here and there, I see this and that, I dress this way, that way, this fashion, that fashion, another fashion. Chintahi, no problem. But I never think that I'm going to have to give up this body at some point in time. This whimsical, Mindless way of life. <coughs> People don't think. And you just enjoy. A monkey is also thinking the same. So to get free from the cycle of birth and death, one has to get free from the desire for enjoying this material world, which is possible by becoming Krishna conscious, not like the Mayavadis think. They think, well, desire. Actually, they've analyzed it properly. They say desire is the cause of atta- attachment. Attachment, why we're taking birth? Because of attachment to this material world. So attachment is caused by desire. So therefore, stop desire. It sounds logical, doesn't it? It's a logical way of thinking. Attachment causes rebirth. Attachment is caused by desire. Therefore, stop desire. So they made some wrong calculations. Because you can't stop desire. You should stop the material way of thinking, material desire. Desire is the nature of the living being. You can't stop desire. Because even if you think, I want to stop desiring, that's a desire. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> that's why, actually, Mayavadis, they often come to the point of becoming gross. In the name of becoming spiritual, they often become gross sense enjoyers. Because they they have this idea, well, you can't stop. You should even give up the desire to stop desire, and you just float with your desires. Stop thinking about giving up your desire. You enjoy, but you don't be attached. And all kinds of strange ideas, and they end up with gross sense enjoyments. But the real thing is that because we are living beings, the very nature of the living being is to have desire. The nature of the soul is consciousness. Conscious means you're always conscious of something. And because you're a living being, the nature of the living being is to be conscious, to interact with the world, with everything around us. So that desire must be there, but the point is to purify our desire, not to have material desires, to have spiritual desires, which means how to, our desire should be how to serve Krishna, that purified desire. That Krishna explains, Rasovajana Sokya Giving up the lower desires, take up the higher desire to serve Krishna. So one who teaches that, who personally acts like that and teaches like that, he should lead others on the path of becoming free from birth and death. This is most important point. There's no meaning to being a so-called Goswami or family guru. There's no meaning to be a guru unless you teach your disciples to 
come to the point of loving Krishna, which means giving up sense gratification. I'll elaborate more on that tomorrow. That it's not some simply some sentimental thing that you I love Krishna. I also love watching TV and so many other things. But love for Krishna means higher platform, beyond the animalistic platform of sense gratification. Now, when we speak about these things, most people can't understand it at all. It's very difficult to understand when from your birth you've been brought up simply enjoy, you have to live in this world, get money, get a degree, get a job, be a success, and all these phantasmagorial things, be a success. There's no such thing as a success. Who's a success? Everyone's a failure. So-called success, you have, see, uh, you have so much money, but then you, have to, you work so hard to have so much money, then you die. And all your success is left behind. You have to become a dog or a cat. Because you didn't know what the purpose of life. That's not a success. Success means to properly utilize the human form of life to get free from birth and death. This idea of being a success in the material world, it's all nonsense. It's meaningless anyway. Because the so-called successful man, you see, you may have a, a Rolex watch, or you may have a Pierre Cardin, this is somewhat expensive. $90, I guess not. It's made to look like it's expensive. So uh, you, you may have a Rolex watch which costs $2,000 and you wear it because wearing a Rolex watch. Or you, uh, you may have a Casio $10 watch. Does it mean the time is any different? It's exactly the same time on the watch. But you feel, huh? I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Rolex watch. You have a, you have a phantasmagorial feeling of being better than others. Otherwise, uh, money, mostly it's, it, mostly it's the cause of distress. If you don't have it, you wish you had it. And if you have it, you always want more. And it's never enough anyway. Isn't it? You come to Dubai when you first came. And you want so much money. And you come and you, you get it and you find it's not enough. It's never enough for your needs, especially modern society. You always need more and more. They're always bringing out new things which you need. You see, you need to have a cellular telephone which goes off in the middle of a lecture. And you, you need to have an uh, electric toaster. And you need to have an exercise machine. And you need to have... The wife has to have at least 70 silk sides. 20 pairs of shoes, all the things you, you see. If you don't, if you're only, if you're living in India and you're only earning 4,000 rupees a month, you wouldn't think you need these things because it's beyond your scope. But your needs in the consumeristic society, whatever your income is, your needs are always a little bit more, isn't it? Have you experienced that? When your income increases, then your needs go, your desires go up with it. So it's always a little bit more, and you're, you're never satisfied. So money just causes you more distress, that's all. You're trapped. Unless you come to a higher platform, knowledge. Which you know that your real need is to love Krishna. And that it doesn't matter. You, you have hundred dollars, a million dollars. 
you think Bill Gates is he's enjoying life anymore because he has so much money? Is he probably I'm sure you all even better than he does. I'm sure in America no one even knows how to eat anything nicely at all. I mean from the point of view of food, Asian people in general eat much better than Europeans and Americans. Isn't it? What do they eat in the West? It's just some mostly all some bread from the shop and frozen and tin and it's here also imported. Actually you also lost it. Still better. They don't have to cook either. Cooking means you boil boil some vegetables, throw some salt on it, and that's it. Eat it with a bit of boiled meat. And that's it. Eat some karma. Probably hell with that. So uh, is it because Bill Gates is he may have so much money but quite likely these big businessmen have so much money but they can't enjoy food because they can't digest it anything. Because they, they're sitting around all day and there's so much anxiety, there's too much acid comes in their stomach, they get ulcers. They can't enjoy food anyways. Practically I see the, uh, the people living on the construction sites in here. What they, they cook this bhajra roti on the uh, wood fire. They take it fresh and hot with a little dal, they just pour it up. Very tasty. And they're enjoying because they're working hard all day. They don't have to money. As far as food is concerned, the, uh, the grossly obese person who's sitting in his office all day, just sitting, 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 he can't digest anything, can't enjoy. So the idea that you all enjoy more by getting money, it's just a big illusion. That is the illusion of the modern world. So Krishna is bringing us to a different platform. Actually, if you take this up, this knowledge is revolutionary in your life. How to completely change your life. How to be actually happy. In the modern world, you see there are so many advertisements, all the advertisements, people are smiling. But you don't find anyone happy. You live in a world of artificial smiles. Everyone has to smile. But they're not happy. Maybe I, some of you heard me tell this before. I think it was the first time I was in America. I, I see that they have a culture there. It comes from this they have this business culture, all started with that book. What's that guy's name? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Who made that yeah, book? No, he started that. This idea that be nice to people and they'll be nice to you. You can do good business and you can make lots of money. <laughs> that's the idea. So that's, that was the first of these books. And now it's a whole great science of business techniques. And so now the whole culture in America, it's mostly that service oriented, you go into a Yes, a hotel. Anyway, I was going in, in airports and most of the people, they smile, hello, good day, have a good trip, always smiling. I was thinking, this, smiling, smiling, are these people happy? So I decided to just check and see. So every time they smile and say, have a good day, I look them very clearly in the eyes. And there's they're smiling, but their eye is saying, I'm completely frustrated. And outwardly, they have a practice to smile. But actually, from the eye you can see, there's no happiness. They're completely frustrated. They don't, no one, they don't like what they're doing. Somehow out of practice, they're doing it. But they're not happy. False idea of happiness. But Krishna consciousness 
means to come to that platform where, even though it may appear that you are struggling, actually everyone in this material world is struggling, that's the nature of the material world. But despite all difficulties, devotee remembers Krishna. And he's happy on that platform. Once, uh, maybe you've seen, there's a photograph of Srila Prabhupada in which actually his lips are turned down like this. Someone said to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, you look very sad. Someone said, you don't know, that is transcendental ecstasy. <laughs> Your devotee in all situations is always experiencing Krishna. Whereas, a non-devotee is always trying to experience this material world, but all his experiences are simply causes of distress. Whereas for pure devotee, because he's always thinking how to serve Krishna, then even difficulty, difficulties will be there. But he's remembering Krishna. Sometimes people think, well, let me take to Krishna Bhakti. Krishna will bless me and all my problems will be solved. But the nature of this material world is that there will be problems. There will be sometimes too much heat, sometimes too cold, sometimes too much rain, sometimes no enough rain. Now in Gujarat, not enough rain. So many crops spoiled. This is the nature of the material world. Sometimes even if you're trying hard to be nice to people and fair and reasonable with them, they'll treat you badly. That is the nature of this material world. There will be difficulties. You can't avoid them. It's just, it's just like if you think, well, I'm a devotee of Krishna, Krishna to solve, solve all my problems. Do you think you can go out in the monsoon without an umbrella? Krishna's going to come and hold an umbrella over you? Or there'll be no rain? No. Whatever the nature of the material world is, that you're living in. Even when Krishna was personally present in this world, the nature of this material world is so contaminated with so many disturbances. But the point is that Krishna himself is not disturbed. And the devotee of Krishna is also not disturbed because he takes shelter of Krishna. So the point is that you may not, you don't think you can adjust the whole material world or that God is obliged if I worship him to adjust the whole material world for my pleasure. But rather, the, the mental adjustment of instead of him trying to enjoy this material world which is not possible anyway, instead of living in this world, accepting whatever conditions are imposed upon us due to our previous karma and acting in such a way that Krishna will be satisfied. And if we act in such a way, we try to act that Krishna will be satisfied, then we also will not be dissatisfied. That is the great secret of life. How to be happy. Not by enjoying the senses. That is not happiness. Happiness means when you try to serve Krishna, and understand that everything is meant for his enjoyment, then you can begin to be happy. Otherwise it's not possible. And the evidence is there. All over the world, people are trying to be happy. Everyone, ultimately, what is everyone doing? Everything everyone does is for happiness, isn't it? But who is happy? In the whole world, who is happy? Despite so much endeavor for happiness, who is happy? Sometimes people say, well, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. It means they're trying to convince themselves that they're happy. Or they may have, they may have convinced themselves that they are happy. 
but they don't know what happiness is. Happiness means anandam buddhibhadhanam pratipadam purnamitasmadhanam. Happiness means to enter the ocean of transcendental bliss in the service of Krishna. That is a standard of happiness so much beyond that of this dressing in different fashions, earning money, getting prestige, going to the bar. It's so much elevated beyond them. Materialistic people, they can hardly even begin to imagine. And this Krishna conscious movement is meant to give this idea of happiness. Come to Krishna. Be happy on the eternal platform. You are not the body. The body can't give you happiness. Why are you trying to enjoy the body? Your soul, your atma, you can be happy only on the spiritual platform. So, of course, it's not possible for everybody to immediately give up sense gratification. But at least that understanding should be there. That this endeavor to grossly enjoy our senses is not a good proposition. It brings more suffering. Rather than bring happiness, it brings more suffering. When we engage everything in Krishna's service, then our real life, our happy life begins. Therefore, in Vedic culture, we have the different ashrams, Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Dhanakastha, Sanyas. Grihastha life is considered a concession to sense gratification. It means some, the real business of human life is not to enjoy the senses, but it's understood that some desire, desire is there, material desire is there. So those who are not able to immediately give that up, there is some provision that all right, try and enjoy this material world to some extent, limited. The astrolite means there's some limit. It's not animal life. Nowadays in the Western world it's very common. People, they don't get married. They're just they're living together. Boy and girl. They're living together. Because uh, marriage means responsibility. There's no such idea of responsibility. Actually, I was just reading that but it's that no more than 35% of men in America want to get married anyway. They don't want to get married at all. Why? Because most of the marriages end in divorce anyway. And then they have to support their ex-wife for the rest of their life. You can't, you're not living with them, but still have to pay. You can divorce just to go to the court, they'll divorce you in, you know, it's just a, it's a one-day job. That's all. So... The laws are such, the demoniac laws are such, that the modern society is, uh, in the name of liberalism, equality, and so many things, destroying the very fabric of society. Now in India, legally, the girls, no, they can't get married till 18. And they have all this thing, they introduced divorce law, that was introduced solely for the sake of India. And then it became, now the whole country has got the Benefit, so-called benefit. So this is all for sense gratification, no idea of responsibility. And the result is chaos. Simply chaos. There's, and people have no idea what is the responsibility of human life. Two, all our married life or something, enjoyment is there, but not unlimited. Don't live like an animal. Live a respectable life. Human life. We don't know what is the difference between human life and 
this prakriti nivriti, what is proper behavior, what is not, that means according to Shastra. Those who don't know Shastra, ya Shastra bhidhivitu, ya bhartate kama karata, nasa siddhima bhagavati, nasuka, naparamati, those who are demoniac, they don't know what is Shastra. They simply do whatever they like. Which means they indulge in sense gratification, they spoil a human form of life, they spoil a whole human society. So, I mostly preaching among Indian people and trying to impress this upon those who are kind enough to listen to me. But don't be carried away by this modern civilization. Don't think modern civilization is very nice. It's not at all. It's demoniac. All the ideas, demoniac means asura. All the ideas they have are meant for killing spiritual culture. Indian culture is that culture by which one understands we are not this body, we are not meant for sense enjoyment, we are meant for understanding Krishna. The modern society in India is simply imitating the West, which is a completely degraded society. It's most uh, unrespectable, unrespectable. Please try to understand. The modern society, even what they teach you in the schools, it's all asurit. People are so much desirous to have university degrees. But what do they teach you? In the school, they should, what's the most important thing they should teach? Who are you? Who is God? What is our relationship with God? That is banned in the school. Just see what kind of school. And they teach, coming from, we're all descended from monkeys. The world came into being by a big bang. There's no proof of any such thing. They call it scientific. There's nothing even approaching proof of such a thing. And they teach in the schools in India, these are the foods we eat, eggs are very good for health. You have to write in your examination, otherwise you fail. In the schools, for, or for getting the job, you have to write uh, all about what is on TV, all the nonsense, isn't it? In the tests they have, what have you seen on TV? They're completely imitating the the worst, lowest, most kind of life. It's very unfortunate. So our request is don't become entangled. It's difficult not to, because the whole system is telling everybody. They are very much interested in simply sense enjoyment. Therefore they make theories. Man has descended from monkeys. I mean there's no God. Simply everything has come by chance. So if there's no God, then you don't have to follow what he says. Just do whatever you like. Then you, then it's, that man is descending from monkey. Man is becoming monkey. It's round the other way. They got it back to front. You're living like a monkey. You're not born as a human being. You're living as a monkey. And your next life, you're going to be a monkey. They say, we came from monkey. No, you came from Brahma. Brahma came from Krishna. And human society came down through Manu. And all we see, especially all Brahmin Christ are in different gotras, isn't it? Gautam Gotra. What are the different gotras? Kashyap, all these different things. Most of them in South India, what is that? Bharadvaj. Uh, uh, what is that? Most of the ayahs there. The... Huh? 
Augusta, and then there's one other. They follow the uh, that saint who poured the water on it. poured the water and it didn't come down. I, I That's, they follow his rules and regulations. Not not the Gaudiya. Apastamba. Got the name Apastamba. He stopped the water. You know that story? You know the story? You all know Apastamba. No, no, no. The story is that there was one man in the forest who wanted to do his shroud ceremony. He was, he was just on the edge of the forest. He had all the arrangements where he said, you know, there's no Brahmins who are any good. So what can I do? It's all useless. So I can't do my shroud. It's all completely useless. It's a waste of time. So forget it. So he was... He had all the pot of water, he had the, everything arranged. He took the water and he, he was lamenting. One Rishi came along and said, what are you doing? I wanted to perform my shroud. I couldn't find any good Brahmin. So he said, and so he picked up a pot of water and he was just going to throw it out. And the water came out and the Rishi said, stop. The water didn't come out. So up at Stamba, the water got stopped. Up means water, Stamba means stop. He said, stop. Put it back. Don't just find any Brahmin who knows the mantras and has faith in the Vedic literatures and do it. If you can't find Pakka, first class, absolutely pure, somehow rather do it. So he got that name. So that story is very indicative. You, know, you may not find, you may say, well, we need, you know, where is the satsanga? You know, this devotee, he's chanting 16 rounds, following all the four regulated principles and doing everything, but you know, he sleeps six hours and one second every day. So you're not supposed to sleep more than six hours every day, so he's completely useless. I timed it. It's like that. If you, instead of seeing all the bad things, if you see someone's following something, it's Kali Yoga, what are you going to do? Don't expect to find Paramahamsas on every street corner. Find someone who's sincere and take their association. So when they're saying there are all these gotras, so very respectable. Why respectable? Because they are following the Vedic rules and regulations. Now they're still doing the Upanayanam, but it's completely meaningless, actually. It's meaningless. Upanayanam means you're supposed to be initiated into studying the Vedic literature, but instead they're going to school and learning manners descended from monkeys. They don't, they don't go to Guruku. Still, some ritual is going on, but uh, it has become that much empty. So, just see a nice heritage. So that nowadays, anyway, you can't follow all these things. But you can do one thing, which is chant Hare Krishna. So please do that. Take this seriously. Don't be mesmerized by this modern demoniac nonsense civilization. I mean, anyone with any slight brain can understand. Modern society is just ridiculous. This whole Dubai is just ridiculous. It's just a desert. They don't produce anything. They import, export. It's just a completely artificial. The whole modern society, they, they bring iron ore from one country, send it 2,000 kilometers to somewhere else, process it there, and then make it into something else and send it to the, back again to the other side of the world. Mad society. 
to grow food in one country and ship it all around the world so that people who have more money in one place can enjoy it. And the local people, that's, that's very common. They, they grow so many nice foods in one country, but the people there, they never eat it because they can't afford it because it's sent somewhere else. Mad, crazy society. Don't be victimized. Chant Hare Krishna. Study Prabhupada's books. Understand what is reality. You're not going to live in this world very long. Even if you have a Mercedes car or whatever, it doesn't matter. You can't keep it. It doesn't bring you happiness now and it doesn't do you any good. Always remember we are eternal. Smaran Nitya Manitya Bhram. Everything in this material world is temporary. We are eternal. Don't get entangled in trying to enjoy that which is temporary. Nasito Vidyate Bhavo. Na Bhavo Vidyate Sata. Understand the difference between that which is eternal and that which is temporary. Don't be entangled in that which is not of any value. Come to that which is of real value, which is Krishna. Try to understand Krishna. Much more could be said about this, but Time limit, not, nothing in this material world is eternal. Smaran nitya manitya is not eternal. We have to finish soon. So I could take two or three questions and finish there. In the initial stages, how to detach from the material desire? In the initial stages, how to detach from material desires? Good question. The answer is there is a process. Process is called sadhana bhakti. Sadhana is required. Sadhana is the process by which we become attached to Krishna, and by becoming attached to Krishna, we become detached from material desires. So, sadhana and sadhana, the important thing is hearing about Krishna, chanting the names of Krishna, associating with the devotees of Krishna. There are certain rules and regulations to follow, taking food which is offered to Krishna especially chanting the names of Krishna, associating with devotees to discuss this subject matter. It is a process. It is a gradual thing. It's not that we can expect to become completely detached overnight. If you can, that's very good. But it's not, it's not common because our attachments are very strong. Therefore, we have the process of regulated sadhana, which we take up daily in our lives. Just like if you want to make your body strong, you have to do daily exercises. That's also one kind of sadhana. So, spiritual sadhana means to have the daily exercise of chanting the names of Krishna, hearing about Krishna, that gradually makes us strong. So, just like a person who does physical exercises, we can gradually pick up heavy weights. So, in the same way, one who becomes spiritually strong by regularly following sadhana, he can become strong 